0: Well, there you go. <laughs> Am I safe to talk? We don't have to use the mic. Just set it to record. It I don't have to come through this. Okay, I don't have to come through the speakers. It's fine. Um I'm glad y'all are here. Um, one just kind of logistical thing, between now and March, it's really hard to regulate the temperature in here, so I would say wear layers. If you're cold-natured, sit under a light. If you're hot-natured, sit under a fan. That's about the only thing I can, we can't, there's nothing we can do. So uh, I'll just apologize in advance for that. This um, this will be a little different for me. I normally am pretty together with the stuff that I want to share, and this As as, uh, I've had this night circled on my calendar for a while because I feel like it's significant for us, but I've also felt like I didn't need to prepare too much. So um, I'm just going to share a few things that are in my heart and kind of the point of these nights. We try to do this every other, we try to do these about every other month. The last Tuesday of every other month is what we've been doing. Really, the point is not for me or anyone else to tell anybody what to do, but to try to create an environment. For the um, Lord to stir our hearts. Y'all have heard me say before, I feel like God has put stuff in the hearts of everybody. That's Ephesians 2.10. Good works for everyone to do. I feel like my job is to help people get at what's in their heart. So um, when it comes to ministry, don't think program. But when it comes to ministry, I kind of feel like my job is to figure out, well, what's your ministry? And to help you get there in whatever way I can for however long you're a part of this church. So really the, the point tonight is not for me to give a plan or anything like that, but honestly, it's to kind of present a frustration that I've had and a a little insight into what I think the Lord is saying. And then we collectively can figure out how to go forward. I'm going to lay some groundwork and this could be painfully boring for some of you, but I feel like it's important to lay. And, uh, if you zone out, I'll snap my fingers and call you back when it's time. If you'd show that first slide, Greg the one thing to this is where it's going to get painfully boring um one thing I, I i want you to realize there's there's a dual nature to the church every church there's an organizational side and there's an organic side the or, org the organizational side is kind of the the church is a business that's the church has employees and the church has a lease and the church has bank accounts and the church has to file re, tax returns at the irs and send you giving statements and all of that it's like I'm the president of that. And then there's the organic nature of the church which is everything the Bible talks about. When Jesus says he's going to build the church, he's talking about this organic nature. That's the church is the body of Christ. That's what we did, what we do together on Sunday morning. It's being the people of God and doing loving God and loving people and making disciples. It's everything that you think about most likely when you think of church. It's really it's being the people of God. So like for me I'm the president of the organization and I'm the pastor of the body if that helps you kind of see the distinction there one of the problems i think in a church is is if we misdiagnose an issue or give the wrong solution so for instance if we have an issue here and let's say we're not experiencing life in worship that's a body problem sometimes it's easy to give an organizational solution to a body problem well we need to go buy a new sound system that's an organizational solution to a body problem or if our problem is moms won't leave their kids in the nursery because they don't feel safe and we say well we just need to pray more no we need to put outlet covers in the thing and do background checks on our employees and get rid of the toys that have sharp edges or whatever that's those are organizational solution to that problem you see what i'm saying and, and so we i've got some things that i want to share we're going to do this now in october and we're going to do another one Um, at the begin in the beginning of January, probably the second week in January. And in the second week of January, I'm going to talk about some of the stuff on the organizational side. There's some changes that we're going to make and some things that I'm thinking about, but we're going to push that until January. And this tonight, I'm just going to focus on kind of the organic nature, us as the people of God. I think that should drive everything. So for instance, when we wanted to move into this building, we had 30 adults, about 28 or 30 adults. We didn't have the money, and we didn't have the people to be here. But we felt like God wanted us as close to the square as we could get. So that body decision, vision decision, caused us to look on the square and sign a lease, and then God gave us the money to build this thing out. So in my opinion, the body deal, the organic nature of the church, should drive all the decisions, and the organizational thing should support those decisions. Things get backwards when the organization starts dictating what should happen. So we're going to talk tonight about this frustration I mentioned earlier, and we're going to start with what I feel is the most important thing, which is this organic, us as the people of God idea, and then in January, we'll do this again. I'm going to tell you about some other things that I've been thinking about on the other side. So that's that. Um, probably six or eight weeks ago, I started having this frustration, and it wasn't like the stuck in traffic or long line frustration where you're just, it wasn't like that. It was kind of like the, um, if you've ever been in another country and you don't know the language and there's something you want to communicate and you can't, it's more that frustration that makes you want to learn the language or it, it's kind of a healthy, it provokes you forward. I've had kind of that frustration for probably six or eight weeks and it's that, I'm wondering just honestly kind of what we're doing. I've wondered, you know, what's going on is, is what we're doing here? Are we being who God wants us to be? And is is it better for the people who are here? Are they are they moving in the direction the Lord wants them to move in? Are we are we corporately doing anything worth anything really? Um, I've been looking for fruit, kind of eternal spiritual fruit, and how do we measure that? And is that happening in people's lives? And so I've been thinking for probably six or eight weeks about that and where we are and. Excuse me. I had two helpings of jambalaya. so. Um, and it was good. So um, I've been thinking about that. We show that next picture. And this I had this picture one morning when I was... Not that one. Um, that one. I had this picture one morning when I was praying. And I was thinking... Like This to me is kind of a bird's eye view of our church as a body. This is the people of God. Don't think this isn't the business. This, as the people of God, there's this gathering. And that's what we have on Sunday morning. And it's the dotted line is um, because it's easy to come in and out. Like, we don't have any... It's it's easy to come. We don't have any type of entrance requirements, and we're pretty casual, and you don't have to dress a certain way, or you don't even have to take a shower. You can just come on, and I feel like... And I hear things. I met with a pastor today who um, visited here a few weeks ago the weekend I was gone, and the reason he wanted to meet with me was he said, your church feels like a family, and I want to know if you did that on purpose or not. So that's like... It's a dotted line. It's easy for people to come in here, which is wonderful. And so that's great. And so that's a gathering, and that's a low commitment, low expectation. Half time, we don't even know who comes. People come once. We don't know if they come back. We've got these little cards that people can choose to fill out or not, and that's all we have. And that's fine. And then there's the body, and that's a solid line because you have to make a choice. Like, I would consider you guys more the body. That's folks who are saying, you know what, I'm in these are my people. Whether or not you're willing to say, yes, I'm going to be here for a year, you're saying these, these are my people and I'm their people and I have some spiritual responsibility to them and they have some spiritual responsibility to me. So that's kind of the body. And then that, other, that middle circle is leadership. And again, I think there's even another. And don't think formal leadership. That doesn't mean you lead some. We don't have committees. It doesn't mean you lead some thing that we would have that you would lead it just means for me that you're taking responsibility for other people that's all it means for me to lead is that you're you're taking responsibility to help bring other people somewhere so i think we've got these i had this picture of these circles and thought what um, what i'm afraid is happening is the gathering circle is getting bigger and the other circles aren't getting correspondingly bigger and at some point we don't have we're out of whack and i don't know what that i don't know if they're supposed to move proportionally or what. But in my mind, I was thinking my fear was the gathering circle is going to get bigger and the others aren't. And then the people who are coming to... Like, we don't have anything then. We're never going to have smoke and mirrors. We're never going to have... Like, we're going to have feedback. And, like, that's going to happen. And people aren't going to come because we wow them with our stuff. Which is fine. I don't think that's... That's not how we set anything up. That's not... That was not our intention... From the beginning, wowing people with stuff doesn't make anybody more like Jesus. It just wows them with your stuff until somebody else wows them more. So that's not the goal at all. And so I was thinking about that and how do you you get these circles to, particularly those middle two circles, to grow without it feeling like all we're trying to do is recruit people to be better church members because I don't care about that. I've said from the beginning I would much rather people be good citizens of the kingdom of God than be good members of Stonebridge. Totally. I don't have any desire to... Create some process or anything that's just going to make people better church members or make our church run better. I, that doesn't necessarily benefit anybody long term. So kind of had this picture. Are we show them what the next one is. I can't quite recall. Oh, here we go. So this is don't, we're, we're having some artistic difficulties with our representation. I asked somebody to make a bridge and this is kind of what happened and it's hard to see and you can't read all that, but, um, That's exactly what it is, but you can't read, can you read all that? Yeah, Yeah, that sounds like terrorist stuff, but it's not, I'll tell you, I'll explain that. (laughs) So anyway, our leadership group, we got together one night and we were talking about all this and and we remembered something that a guy named Tom Fraley, he was here back in March, if you remember, Um, he prayed for our church in August of 2007, right when we moved in here, and everything that he prayed for us had to do with being a bridge, taking people from one place to the next. And so I started thinking, well, what could that look like? And what are we? What are the things that we currently do? And you can see we've got Sunday morning services. We have outreach events like that would be Alpha. Welcome reception, we've only done one of those. It worked pretty well where we invited people who are interested in learning more about the church. Dinner on the Square, I think you're familiar with that. That's when we go out um, on Friday nights. Small groups, we have a few of those. Serve teams, those are volunteers. Tuesday night prayer. Ministry greenhouse, that's this. Short-term mission trips, I think we've only done one of those. The personal profiling, again, that sounds like something that the FBI would do. But all that is, is um, the last time we did this in June, Brandon did this deal where he kind of walked us through, it was like 10 questions that really help you figure out what's God put in your heart, kind of what's he wired you to do. And we think that's an important aspect of what it means to really become a disciple maker. So this is all going somewhere, I promise. So I've been thinking about all this and figure thinking about these circles and what are we doing? And is there, is fruit being produced here? You know, are people getting more, are they getting more towards where God wants them to be? When we started this church, one of the things that kind of stuck in my heart was Romans eight 29. That's been kind of a, a theme verse for me for probably five or six years, which is that We're predestined before anything started. God had already decided he was going to conform us into the image of his son. So like that's that's it for me. That's the goal for me is to help as many people as possible become as much like Jesus as possible before we all die. As long as you're here, that's my goal. If you're here for three weeks or three months or three years, when you leave, I want you to be more like Jesus than when you came. That's hard to gauge. It's easy to gauge how many people show up or whether the offerings go up or whether our building gets bigger. It's hard to gauge are people becoming more like Jesus. And I think that's where some of my frustration was coming in. Again, it wasn't a negative like, arg, I'm not seeing anything. It was a, what, are we Are we doing anything? You didn't like my arg? What are we, it, it was more of a, kind of, again, a kind of a positive frustration that made me really want to dig in. Are we doing what we said We wanted to do, which is what I think the Lord wanted us to do. Are we kind of on point with what God wanted us to do? And this is no criticism. Don't don't hear that as I don't think people are growing. It's not that at all. It's just I'm wanting to know, is there fruit? And is it the kind of fruit that will last? Because if not, we need to get back. We need to find something else to do because we're just wasting everybody's time. So I started thinking about this bridge and all of this. And then I had this thought and there's nothing wrong with this at all and we'll come back to that probably um when we get the picture uh nailed down but i was thinking about um we show the next one we show the next slide go to the, oh that's another bridge it's the same bridge it's just somebody did it differently um so way back when some of you have probably never even seen this and it um dictates a lot of what i think in my mind, I was thinking about people and this, where where are people and where do we want to get them to be? In that bottom right box, it says disciple maker, actively seeking to help others in this process, blah, blah, blah. That's where we want everyone to be. That to me is the same thing as saying be conformed to the image of Jesus because that's what he did. He was a disciple maker in Matthew 28, 18 to 20, the Great Commission. That's what he left us to do. If you want to know your job description as a Christian, it's to make disciples, period. That's what he said you're supposed to do. That's what he said I'm supposed to do. He, period. If we're not doing that, then we're being disobedient to the Lord. It's not a question of if we should do that. There are other questions, but if is not one of them. He very clearly said, go into all the world and make disciples. That was, that's the job description. If you're following him, that's what he wants you to do. So to me, that's the goal. That's becoming as much like Jesus as we can. If you go back from the left, I've said a disciple is to, Act, someone who actively seeks to become more like Jesus in their identity. That means they know who they are in Christ. You're a new creation. You're forgiven. You have a destiny and a purpose. You're a child of God, all that stuff. In your character, that's the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, all those you know that. You're exhibiting those in your character. And then your lifestyle, which is recognizing the fact that God does have a call in your life. He expects you to live as a citizen of the kingdom of God here in Marietta or Cobb County, wherever you live and that you need to be exercising gifts and talents for the kingdom. If you go back, believer, that's someone who's accepted the fundamentals of the gospel, seeker, someone who's open to the gospel and disinterested, someone who's disinterested. They don't care anything about what we're selling. Everyone in the world, to me, is in one of those five boxes. And as a church, what I want to see is helping people move from one box to the next. We might not have people long enough to get them all the way up the scale, and that's okay. But the things that we do corporately, I want to say, yes, that helps people move up from one box to the next. And the parable of the soil is another way of looking at this. Jesus says there's four types of people. There's people who are hard-hearted, people who have uh, shallow hearts. they got a lot of rocks. People who have crowded hearts, thorny hearts. There's weeds. And people who have good hearts. And I feel like our job, my job is to help people, it's, it's to, um, help people cultivate the soil of their heart. And then the sower sows seeds and the seed produces fruit. It's not our job to produce fruit in the lives of other people. It's not even our job to produce fruit in our own life. That's what the Holy Spirit does. Our job is to cooperate with Him and the way we cooperate with Him is by making sure there's good soil in here. Are y'all with me so far? So that brings me all the way to this. What I'm wanting to see among us is a concerted effort to help one another cultivate that soil. I'm wanting to see a concerted effort among people who say, you are my people and I'm your people. Not that gathering group, that's, but for that body group. I'm looking for a concerted effort among people in that group to say, I'm willing to invest in your life and have you invest in my life for the purpose of helping us helping one another become as much like Jesus as we possibly can before whatever takes us away from each other. To cultivate soil. cultivate. I need you to help me cultivate the soil in my own heart and I want to help you do that in your own heart. It's not your job to produce fruit in me. It's not my job to produce fruit in you. We're just going to help each other make sure that we've got good soil so that fruit can be produced. And, you know, my commitment to you is, as a church, we'll sow the seed. We'll, that, we'll do that. and But we need to help one another with the soil thing. Now, this is a ministry greenhouse, so I'm not going to tell you this is the plan for that, because I don't have a plan. That's as far as my revelation has gone, is up to this point, that there's there's this frustration, which I think is good, which brought me to this point, da-da-da. But I don't feel like I've got... And I'm not looking for a program. I don't think programs disciple people. People disciple people. And activity is not progress. Activity is just activity. So I don't think that we need to put more stuff in the bridge so we've got more stuff for people to do. I think what we need to do is, as people is figure out what does it look like for me to take ownership of somebody else and to allow that person to have ownership in my life. There are a few people who are just going to share real briefly about some things that they're doing. Will you go first? If you would stand up, you don't have to come to the front thing. And then Kath some I'm, I'm uh, currently in a life transformation group. Uh, there are some flyers in the hallway on life transformation groups. But essentially, it's two or three people that get together once a week. Uh, you choose some scripture and you read it each week. So it's 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 involving you in some reading every week. And then you get together and ask. Good, thanks. Um, kind of what I want us to think about and talk about and, and pray about is, a- again, I don't, I feel like a church our size, we probably have, there's probably, if everybody who says, if everyone, if it was Easter Sunday and we had everyone who said, yeah, that's where I'm going to go to church, if I'm going to go to church, there's probably 150 adults who would say, who would show up, maybe, something around that. A church our size, small groups are awesome. Richard and Becky Bly lead a Bible study every Monday night and they've done that faithfully for almost a year. And I think those are good. I don't think a church our size can sustain a lot of small groups because there's not that many folks who are going to lead those and, and come to those. And so we're going to always have a small group element, but that's not going to be able to capture everyone because it's like their groups on Monday night, that's the only, bo- that's, that's our Bible study. And if you've got something on Monday night, you're done. You know, we have a group that meets on Thursday. Y'all focus on prayer there, right? See, it's it's not a Bible study. It is a small group. So we've got a couple of things, and then you know we pray here on Tuesday nights. But we're never going to have, like Riverstone, the church that we came out of, they probably have 50 small groups for people to come from, things with child care, without child care, all kinds of different things. And a a church that size can say that's our discipleship mechanism, small groups, because they have a huge variety every night of the week, every area of the county, all this jazz. We're not going to be able to sustain that at this point in our life, and I'm okay with that. What I want to see then is, well, what, what does work for a church of our size? And what works is people saying, you know what, I'm going to connect with two or three other people. And you've heard some people talk about life transformation groups. I've been in one for like five years, and it's, it's what you heard. It's when you pick two other people, same gender, You meet together for an hour each week, and you commit to reading a huge chunk of scripture, 25 or 30 chapters a week, and usually you can't make it, and so it makes you read the same stuff over again, maybe for two or three weeks, and you ask each other character questions, and it's what you think about when you think about character questions, and there's brochures outside if you're interested in those. You just pull that together. That's nothing that we can really organize from the top down because you need to find people you're comfortable asking you character questions and who you're who you're willing to be honest with or it's not going to work. So that's an option. This thing that, one of the things I like about what Amy has done is she hasn't done, she hasn't asked me to do anything. She's just pulled some people together to walk on the mountain on Mondays and has said, this is what we're going to do. And I think that's, that type of thing works in a church our size. It's when we as people, one of the things about being in a church our size is we can all know each other. You're not, you don't have to come here for very long before somebody knows your name. And that's one of the draws. It's kind of like that family feel that the guy was had lunch with today is talking about. You don't get that at a church of 1,000 or 2,000. It's not good or bad. It's just it's one of the things about being our size. We can't have 50 small groups, but we can know your name. And so those are kind of the trade-offs there. And so what that means for discipleship is people who are saying, you are my people and I'm your people, we have to be willing to say, well, I'm going to... Disciple other folks and I'm willing to be discipled by other people. Let me give you a little bit on what I'm, I'm not talking about mentoring. Mentoring is kind of a niche of discipleship where someone who's more experienced or wiser in some aspect of life kind of coaches you along. So if I'm starting a business, I go to someone who started one before and they mentor me or you know, sometimes you have couples who are just married who want to hook up with a couple who's been married for 15 or 20 years so they can mentor them. That's not what I'm talking about. I think that's wonderful and that's good, but that's not necessarily, that's, no, it's not necessary. It's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about mutual discipleship where I'm helping you and you're helping me. I'm not an expert and you're not an expert. We trust that the Holy Spirit is the one that brings change and all we're doing is trying to create avenues for Him to work. And He usually works through relationships. So I'm going to open my life up to you and you're going to open your life up to me and we're going to see what happens when we get together we're going to intentionally say we're trying to make one another more like the lord and that's not a super spiritual thing and it's not hard and it's not that you got to be some really holy person or know the bible it's none of that i'm not talking about giving advice i'm not talking about counsel i'm not talking about someone's marriage is falling apart and it's your job to put it back together none of that i'm talking about accountability and encouragement Helping get the weeds and the rocks that are in there, out of there, and encouraging people to continue to move forward. Like, you could do it when you were 12. You can. It's not it, It's not difficult. I think the idea of it can be scary because we think, oh, am I responsible for them? And they're, they're going to bring up something and I can't handle it. No, no. Just being friends with people and intentionally as friends saying, I want to help you become more like the Lord, and I want you to do the same thing in my life. Are we, Does everybody get that? Good. So I don't have to keep beating that dead horse. So, what I'm, that's kind of what I want to see begin to happen among us. I feel like that, my whole, going back to my frustration, I think that's it, is I'm not sure how many of us are in discipling relationships. And I will even say this I don't care if you're in discipling relationships with people from this church. One of the people in Amy's walking group doesn't go here. And I'm fine with that. The point is. That she's with people who she feels like she can share with and who can share back into her life, and they're helping one another become more like the Lord. Whether they go to church here or not is irrelevant to me. For me, it's, are you connecting with people, intentionally saying, I'm sharing my life with them, and I'm allowing them to share their life with me. One other thing, just on the relationships, I would be, when you start talking about this, sometimes the tendency is to think, well, who's my best friend? And I would just say, Sometimes those relationships are wonderful, but if you're in kind of a habit of how you relate to somebody, it can be difficult to break that habit. And sometimes it's easier just to find somebody fresh. And you don't cut your best friend off, you just find somebody fresh. If you're used to just talking about football and the weather, it can be hard to show up one day and start talking about something else. Sometimes it's easier just to find somebody else who the reason you're getting together is to talk about things other than football and the weather. I'm not saying don't do it, I'm just saying... Some, you know how that works. You all have parents, and you, know, you relate to them one way, and it doesn't matter if you're 15 or 25, and it can be hard to break those patterns. So just think about that as you're thinking about discipleship. And really, the, I guess, the charge or challenge or whatever I'm putting on you is to begin to pray about who you need to connect with. Don't justify to me who you are or are not. Talk, it's not about that. Jesus said we're supposed to make disciples, so that means we've got to be one. You've got to be one to make one. And so you and me, we all have to find people who we're willing to connect with on a regular, intentional basis. I kind of feel like there's a strategic element to discipleship, which is I've got to know you well enough to know where you are, and you've got to know me well enough. Brandon and I have eaten lunch together every Wednesday for nine years. So that's one of the things for me in terms of discipleship. He knows me well enough to know where I am. And I know him well enough to know where he is. So that's the strategic kind of element. I think there's a relational element where you've got to be with folks. Information doesn't disciple people. Beth Moore Bible studies don't disciple people. Beth Moore might, but the information in the book doesn't. It's people. And then there's a supernatural element that the Holy Spirit is the only one that can produce change. But he normally, in my opinion, works through other folks. Very few people become are conformed to the image of Jesus on desert islands all by themselves. It's with other people. And so this isn't a heavy thing, but over the next few months, kind of my challenge to you guys who are saying this is this is my church, these are my people, is we'll hook in with some of these people who are your people. It can be one, it can be two. I would encourage same-gender thing for sure. I don't think your spouse should be the person who disciples you. That gets real funky, so... I, same gender I would encourage and try. You can do you can walk on the mountain. You can do a Bible study in your house. You can form a life transformation group. I try to go to I try to not waste a lunch. I try to have lunch with somebody every day. And some people I only hit once every other month, but I'm trying when I when we eat, the prayer I pray when we over pizza or whatever is God, I pray that we'd encourage one another today. And it could be just Something as simple as that, because you 're slammed, and you just you've got to figure out how to work it in, but it's not it 's not for me it's again it's obedience to the Lord, and I feel like it's who God has made us to be and if if you're saying these are my people, then that 's what I want for these people that for us to help one another become as much like Jesus as possible. I think there's some other things again we'll talk about them in January that we can do structurally that will help move us in that direction. But none of it matters if, as the people of God, we're not taking responsibility for that. One of the things, I'm almost done, Um, just confession, one of the things I didn't realize when I started this church was how difficult it is to establish culture. My assumption was, well, we're starting with this group of people and they all, every one of them at that point, I think, had come from Riverstone. And so I was just thinking, I didn't, I just assumed that there would be some carryover culturally to what we were doing, and it lasted for about six weeks until we had more people who weren't from Riverstone than were, which is wonderful. And there's been this kind of—I've been a little offline for a while, trying to figure out well who are we as a people and what are we do, what is the culture of this place. And I think we definitely have this friendly, welcoming element, which is awesome. Um, but the thing that I want to see integrated is a culture of discipleship that's really what i'm talking about i want to create a culture of discipleship where we don't have to have necessarily this big long process assembly line to run people through and say here's step one and here's step two because that does processes don't disciple people either people do and as long as we're this around the size that we are meeting in this room where there's never going to be more than 100 or 125 people in here there's no reason that we somebody comes in, can't connect with us. Once they say, I'm willing to say these are my people, there's no reason for us not to pull them in and begin to invest in them. And it's not your responsibility to disciple everybody in this church. Two or three folks is what I'm talking about. That's it. It's two or three, whether they're in here or out of here, whatever. Are we good on that? Anybody have anything they want to say? Nobody has anything they want to say? Hmm. Who has something they want to say? Say it. Excellent. Anybody else have anything you want to say or ask? What you got, man? Uh, I'm Steve Egan. I think there's two, two things I was thinking about. One goes back to earlier to what David said, and I think it also goes back to the history of stones where this gathering these people that come out of, out of nowhere. How does the body prepare itself and get ready to connect with them? Uh, not just to have them come be members, but the disciple second thing is for me, uh, and I don't know what you're doing with that on Thursday nights, because I've had plenty of things to do on the other nights, but I'm I'm really interested in connecting to men. And I'm personally really interested in connecting to young men. So if somebody wants to do something with me in one of those small groups, I, I would be glad they give me a shot. Good. So this, I'm just, I'll wrap up. I'll pray I wanted us to be done by eight. I know a lot of y'all. Um, Yeah, kids in there and all kinds of things. So this is the synopsis. I, I think part of who God desires for at least us to be is a people who take responsibility for one another. This idea of becoming as much like Jesus as we can before we die. That happens in relationships. So for us, at least at this point, that's not necessarily a formal thing. That's going to be organized from the top down i just don't know how that works i don't feel like i can force we don't arrange marriages here so i'm not sure that we can i can what i was just going to ask you what do you want to know what people are doing or does it really matter for you to know what people are doing like uh, if people start doing this do you want to know about it i haven't thought of that what's the answer yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i would say you probably do okay i want to know what you're doing you can tell kim you can email kim <laughs> yeah that that is true that's a good point in terms of me knowing in, in terms of the fruit question is is to know who's in the that's good so in terms of knowing who's in discipling relations that's part of you eat together for long enough and people know your weaknesses so um i would yes do you have a question uh, i couldn't see you i'm sorry look at what people are wanting to offer mm-hmm. and in some very discreet way find out what people need. Yeah, it, It's a kind of total need to kind of and however, however, whoever wants to handle that, so you've got somebody that knows a lot about some people around here and mm-hmm. know a lot about them. Right. Just In a very discreet way, facilitate the, the meeting. And we've tried to do that to some extent, but obviously not with tons of success. That's a good point. So, Kind of, do you have something else? I was just going to say, and, and you are very aware of like global needs going on within the church, and those are some of the things that you're preaching on, and some of the things maybe through marriage courses and alpha. Mm-hmm. trying to get the right bigger type things, mm-hmm. besides just the small group. Yes. And that's what I was saying. The small things are not necessarily designed to do any type of deep intervention and all of that jazz. It's just walking with people through life. So anyway, what I'm asking and what we're gonna take a couple of minutes and pray about is just for each of us, if you're willing and you're saying these are my people, this is the step for me is Just asking the Lord, well, who am I supposed to be doing this with? And you might already have folks, and that's good, and you're fine. But if you don't, that's not good, and it's not fine. And you need to, again, the question is not if you should be making disciples, it's who. You should be helping become more like the Lord. So no no need to feel guilty, but I think collectively that's the direction that we need to move in in terms of being the people of God, kind of this cultural component. And then there's some other things that we'll talk about in January. So I'm going to pray, and then we will be done. Any um, word on the food? Misty, just take your stuff if you've got stuff. If you want to make a plate to go for someone who's not here, by all means. We have saran wrap, so make a plate. And uh, I'll pray, and then y'all be free to, free to go. God, I do thank you for... Th- this group and who you're drawing together and forming as this particular expression of the body of Christ, Lord. I thank you for the folks who've been here for from the beginning, and I thank you uh, especially for the people who've been coming in recently and are finding a place and who are so willing to say, yeah, I'm ready to go. And we want to do right by all of those folks and do right by what you've Called us to do. So, God, I pray that as a body, that we would begin to um, develop this culture of discipleship. God, that we would have one another's back and that we would walk with one another through life. God, if there are any here tonight who are walking by themselves and who are alone or isolated, I pray that you would pull them in to fellowship quickly. God, I pray that you would put on all of our hearts the names of two or three folks that we need to begin. To connect with intentionally and you would show us how to do that you know all the stuff that we got going on and you know our fears and and you know all that stuff i pray that you would show us who and you would show us how god if there's stuff that we need to do as a church i pray that you would put those things in my heart and that stuff would come from the body and and we would know if it's just a matter of each of us kind of taking responsibility i pray that we would begin to do that god i pray a, a year from now when we're talking about this again i pray for more testimonies of what you've done through us choosing to live life with one another us making a choice to intentionally connect with with each other for the purposes of seeing how much like you we can become Jesus so even as this thing is supposed to be a ministry greenhouse I pray that ministry will grow in all of our hearts and in all of our lives tonight and again I thank you for everyone coming giving their time I pray that you bless them Bless us as we go. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, thank you all for coming. You can say whatever you want. Thatcher says, never again can we have styrofoam plates because they're made from coal and babies. So we we cannot have, there will be no more styrofoam plates here. Thank you. But that's not what you were going to share. That was not what I was going to Okay. But that's very important.